people, and welcome back to God and Therapy with your favorite counselor, Tara Body. I'm so glad that you came back into the therapy room for another session with me. So let's start off by reminding you, if you have any questions or anything you want to talk about, you can go to info at tarabody.com and give me your feedback. Thank you so much to those of you all who are commenting on the lives and the reels and those things. That is so encouraging because this is a labor of love. So you can always contact me through those platforms. So tonight we have a discussion, um, and before we begin, we're going to invite God in the room as usual because I cannot counsel you without the great counselor. So Heavenly Father, be in the midst of this session tonight, God. Help the listener, Lord, to receive whatever wisdom you have to give them through me, Lord. I thank you for using me as a vessel, Lord, to speak to your people, to help them in this very important topic of parenting. God, you are good. Your will and your plans for us is good, and you are trying to help us, and we thank you for it in your son's Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. So the topic tonight, I'll just go ahead and give you, is called Parenting Philosophy. Parenting Philosophy. So in this season, um, this month that we're in, a lot of people are getting married or engaged or planning weddings. A lot of um, young couples or older couples, first marriages, second marriages, all the marriages. But I wanted to talk about when you are deciding to marry a person, one of the biggest conversations you should have with that person is, what is your parenting philosophy? Especially if you're a couple that doesn't have children yet, but you plan on having children, or you're a blended family where there are young children gonna be in the house, and you wanna know how, or what does this person think about how they're gonna raise and what their role is in the lives of our children? So let me give you first a definition of parenting philosophy. It says your parenting philosophy are principles that let you remember and act on your beliefs about how you think kids should be parented. Very simple. What based upon my belief system and my experiences have shaped the way I'm going to parent my children? This is so important to ask somebody that you're about, that you're about to be married to. This is a question that is not asked all the time when you're, when you're going on your dates to the movies and to the beach and all of that. You're not sitting and asking that person, what do you think is going to be your role in our children's lives? But then when we think about it, once children enter the picture, I will tell you as a therapist, as a marriage counselor, that one of the biggest issues of conflict between couples is how to raise the children. One person thinking that they're doing too much and the other person is doing too less. One thinking that the other parent is too harsh or the other one is too soft. One thinking that I'm pouring into the kids and I'm giving them godly principles and this one's not saying anything. Other parents being upset with the example that they think the other parent is setting. So many issues for a very important topic that people have never asked their spouse. And I'm going to be honest, I never asked my husband that question when we were dating. I met my husband so early in life, I was just wondering how he was going to treat me. I'm just like, what's your philosophy on how you're going to treat me and if you love me? I was not asking, what do you think your role is going to be in the lives of our children? I'm admitted, that was never a question. But as we began to have our children, our three girls, I started to realize, you never asked him, what did he think he would need to do for these girls? And so I realized over time, I saw his philosophy come out. I saw it. And his philosophy, as the definition stated, 
was based upon how his dad fathered him. Wow, what a concept. Because we've talked about that in previous conversations that the Bible talks about in, in um, Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they won't depart from it. So believe it or not, the way you're parenting parents or the way you will parent is going to come out of what you were trained to do with your children. So as I looked at my husband's parenting style, I realized my husband was parenting my daughters like his father parented him. And that consisted of, um, you know, working hard, providing for his family. My father-in-law is an amazing person, um, very uh, quiet, kind of letting... Um, my husband's mom kind of do a lot of the work with the children, you know, that was kind of generational in their bloodline. The man provides and the woman takes care of the children and the daily workings. And so I was like, oh, you are very comfortable with me doing a lot for the children. That's very sweet, but you have a working wife. So <laughs> we have to talk about this philosophy again. I just assume automatically that my husband would see that I am a working wife that works just like he does. And so his philosophy would fit the situation. That's not true. And then there were things in my philosophy based upon how I was raised and I was raised on a very disciplinarian type mom who did take control. And, but he would look at me like, wow, why are you talking so much to them like that? That's a lot. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is how I'm, this is my philosophy. You gotta be stern. And he didn't like some of that stuff either. So we didn't have this conversation and we're both looking at each other like, why are you treating our babies like this? <laughs> or why you're not doing stuff with the babies? And it would be moments of contention and aggravation because parents are very protective of, of their children, even against their spouse. It's like, well, why, why are you not doing this? Or what's up with the way that you're parenting? But we had never talked to each other. And instead we're, we're grading each other on our, on our parenting. I used to grade my husband on his parenting. Well, why aren't you doing this with the girls? And just not in a, in a very graceful manner. I wasn't very graceful about it, and he wasn't graceful to me because we just assumed that the other person would do what we had seen in our family, even though the other person didn't grow up in our family. Isn't that odd? But that's what we do. We just assume this person's just going to come in and they're going to do whatever I think they're going to do as a father and a mother. So married couples or couples that are young, you're married or you're getting married and you're thinking about having children and you know that's going to be a part of it. I want to tell you today, go ahead and talk about the parenting philosophy. Couples that are coming in with children, ask that new person, hey, I have kids coming in. You're not just marrying me. You have my children coming into this family. I need to know what role you think you're going to play with them because you may think this person automatically understands that this child has another parent that's going to be involved that you are co-parenting with. You may assume that they know that, hey, the kids are mine. They're not really yours, so I'm going to do all the discipline, and I don't want you to do the discipline as the stepmom, as the stepdad. Um, but they may think, oh, no, these kids are living in my house and I'm going to be providing for them. I'm going to have some authority, too, because they're children. Yes, they're my stepchildren, but they're my children. And because you all didn't have that conversation, guess what's going to happen when the kids start being kids? Conflict. Because when the kids start being who they're going to be, which sometimes is they're going to get out of order, sometimes they're going to misbehave, and your 
spouse is going to want to jump in and they're not the birth parent, you're going to have issue with that. You're going to say, whoa, whoa, we didn't talk about this. So you have to have that conversation because you as a couple have to be on the same page. So I want to give you all some key questions to ask your future spouse before you bring in the children because the children are going to be children. The children are innocent participants in this. They didn't get to choose who you married. <laughs> they didn't get to choose their mom or their dad. They didn't get to choose. They're going to be innocent participants in your romance. They're going to be a part of your love story because they're there. But there have been a lot of children that have been left damaged in these relationships because of the way we picked our spouses, the way we picked their stepmom and stepdad. We were just in love thinking about a relationship, but there were children that are going to be a part of that situation and that consequence. And a lot of us do not think about futuristic. This person that I'm marrying, do I really want them pouring into my children? Do I really want them affecting my children's lives? Is this a person that I can see being the future mother of my children and everything that she is, I will want my daughter to be? Is this man going to be the future father of my son and everything that he is, I want my son to be? If you cannot say that, okay, so we're going to go right here into some very important questions you need to ask about your parenting philosophy. So, first of all, ask yourself, what is your parenting philosophy? Ask yourself, as a parent, what is my philosophy? What are the things that I saw my parents do that I think were very fruitful for my life, that were positive, that were productive, that shaped me into a really good human being? What are those things I want to make sure that I intentionally do with my children, I intentionally pour into my children? One of the things that I absolutely love that my mother did is her prayer life over her children, praying for us, um, covering us, having us sit down and read Bible stories, having us look at uh, Bible movies. I love watching movies about David and Goliath and Solomon. In my head as a kid, those were just fun movies. I was like, wow, look at what happened. I didn't realize at the time my mother was pouring and instilling us faith in God, prayer, um, a reverence for God. At a, at a time as a kid, I'm just like, this is Bible stuff. But then when I became an adult, I realized I had a reverence for God. I had an understanding of who God is. I walked in faith because my mother spoke in faith about God. So that is one of the things I never take from my mom. I, that is the one thing that I love my mother the most because a relationship with God is what has influenced my life the most. So as a parent, I said, if I don't do anything else, I have to give my daughters a relationship with God because in trials and tribulations in my life, that's the one thing I was able to depend on, hold on to. It was a firm foundation. Even when my family relationships were all over the place and other people disappointed me, even my parents, at the end of the day, I had God. I had God to count on, God to connect with, God to help me. So that was something intentional I put into my parenting practice. Now, there were some other things that I said, that was not helpful to me as a child. <laughs> when they did that, that actually was hurtful. When they did that, that was disappointing. When I saw this, when I was exposed to that, and the way they handled that, oh, no, I am not doing that. So I, I had already created a philosophy of things I wouldn't do. Now, does that make me a perfect parent? No, because guess what? That philosophy has had to change 
every year of my children's lives. As my children's personalities have come up, I'm like, oh, that philosophy don't work on this kid. <laughs> it works on that kid, but not this one. So this one I have to study. This one I have to change my philosophy for. I have to look at how best to deal with this child. Now, your philosophy should have a core to it that you love your child, that you believe in um, supporting them, that you have a philosophy about how you're going to discipline them, how much you're going to do it. But the core is there, but the practice of the philosophy may change. So here are some questions, of course. Figure out your philosophy. Ask your spouse, what is theirs? Ask your spouse, what do you expect me to do as a mom for our children? What do you expect to do as a father for our children? Men, think about that. What do I expect as a father to do for my children? But I need to ask this woman, what do you think your role is for our children? Um, what role do you believe you are able to play in their lives like you want to understand you know am I going to be an authoritative parent but I also need to make sure I'm nurturing and I'm loving to this child how do I balance that because I don't want to raise spoiled children but I also don't want to break my children so how far am I going to go with my discipline do I have a step-by-step -step program for my discipline how many conversations am I going to have before there are consequences when I have consequences how long are those consequences how deep are they when do I show my children grace? What role did your parents play in your life? You need to consider that. Was my father involved? Was my mother involved? Could they have been more involved? What did I want from them when I was a child that I need not forget that my child may be wanting from me? If I wanted to spend time with my parents, if I wanted to have conversations with my parents, if I wanted them to, my um, parents to allow me to speak up, am I going to allow my child to do that? Or am I going to continue that pattern of not letting children speak and breaking their spirit and not being there for them? Because you can easily not depart from the way you were trained and do it to your children. Even when you remember it being hurtful to you, it is still very easy for you to follow in that pattern if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to convict you, to talk to you, to correct you. You'll do the same thing. Here's another question. What do you want me to help hold you accountable for in your relationship with our children? This is something you need to ask your future spouse. You may, as you all are figuring out your parenting philosophy, you all look at some things and say, my parent didn't do this as well, and I may end up doing this. I want you to hold me accountable when you see me doing that. See, for my husband, I said, look, you know, we got a lot of speeches, and some of those speeches were harsh. If you see my speeches becoming too harsh, you have a right to tap me and say, hey, hon, that's, that's enough, or let's back out of this. You know, and the first time my husband would do that, I'm like, oh, just let me have this. I'm, in a, I'm on a roll. I got a good speech, and you stopping me in my speech. And he's like, it was, it was too much, babe. You was right there, but then, you, you know, you, 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 you were going, and you were going and going. And I didn't like it in the beginning. I'm like, you are interfering with my parental practice my parental speeches and then he was like no I'm tapping you on the shoulder like you told me to you told me you didn't like some of that stuff so when I see it I'm tapping you a little bit like I'm just helping you to balance it darling because I want you to have a great relationship with our daughters so I had to yield to that I had to yield to that on my husband's side he said look my daddy worked a lot but he didn't go to a lot of the activities you are allowed to tap me on the shoulder and say come to these activities <laughs> and so I do that I tell him, hey, there's a play tonight. There's a game tonight. There's a PTA meeting tonight. There's a parent-teacher conference. I need you to come. 
and he comes. Now, is he the one to look up this stuff and say, hey, let me find out what's going on in my kid's life? No, because he wasn't trained to do that. He wasn't raised to be that type of man. And I'm not going to make him feel bad about it and say, well, you need to read the emails like I do. You need to read the school calendars like I do. No, he wasn't trained to do that. And if I wait on that, all we're going to have is conflict. So I am willing to compromise and say, I'm just glad that you came when I asked you, when I told you that the kids would love to see you at their plays, at their programs. And he said, I'll be right there on time. Just tell me what time to start and I'll be right there in the seat. And I love the fact that he was always right there in the seat next to me so that our daughters would have something that he did not have. He did not get all the time. And so this is how we work together to form our parent philosophy and to grow together as a couple. So again, going back to one of the major points in how will we discipline our children? Um, the Bible talks about in Proverbs 3 and 12, the Lord disciplines those he loves. So if God disciplines us to keep us on the path of righteousness, to keep us where we're supposed to go, obviously we're supposed to discipline our children. It is the part or it's the hallmark of a good parent that I not only give to my children as God freely gives to me, but I also know when to discipline my children when they go off the path, as children will do. All of them, my children, your children, they're all going to go off the path at what, whatever point in their life. We, gonna, we are the shepherds. They are the sheep. Sheep do scatter. And we are supposed to take that rod, that staff that David said comforts me. He said, Father God, your rod, your staff comforts me. And we're supposed to gently pull those kids back into where they're supposed to be. So now I have to talk to my spouse and say, what does that look like? Because I have a point of reference <laughs> from my childhood <laughs> on what that looks like. What did your parents do in your household when they had to discipline you? And then when you all hear how the other person was disciplined, you say, well, how did that make you feel? Do you think that was effective? You know, there were some things that when me and my husband discussed these things, we said it really wasn't that effective. Yeah, the spankings hurt, but I still did what I wanted to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they put me on punishment, but I was still going to do something else. So we were like, so that really wasn't effective then. You know, they thought it was effective, but it was only effective up to a point. Yes, we have a fear of our parents, but then you just got a little bit more sneakier. So then we said, how do we raise ours? What do you want to do? So we said, well, we're just going to, you know, we're going to try. And, you know, with our oldest, we definitely had to revamp some things. We said, okay, that was a bit harsh. Well, that wasn't harsh enough because she's still, you know, they still doing what they're doing. So we had to consistently say, well, I'm going to talk. Then maybe you talk. Then let's bring in our village. But one thing we both agreed on was grace. We said one thing we will always give our children is grace. Because the times when we felt most hurt in our relationships with our parents is when we weren't given grace. It's the points when we were like, I have things to say. I want to talk. Can you let me explain? And they wouldn't let us talk. And they wouldn't let us explain. And we love our parents. They come from a different generation. The generation above us, there was no explanation. I talk, you be quiet. That's my parent. There's a lot of your parents. And we love them because there's a certain way of they were trying to keep us safe. And that's, the, that's what they knew at the time. That's what they were raised under. We honor it, but we don't have to repeat it. Because we realized that grew a large generation of wrathful people who felt unheard. 
these people who are now in counseling because I was not heard um, as a child. I was not listened to as a child. And so we don't want to continue that. So he and I both agreed. I don't like not being listened to. I don't like not having been heard by my parents, not getting to explain my side of the story. So we agree in our parent philosophy, our children would at least get to tell their side of the story. Now, after we hear that side of the story, we still get to decide what we're going to do, but they need to be at least heard at times. So sometimes we have to tap each other out when we're talking and we're not letting the child talk. We'll say, you know what, babe, let them talk, let them speak, you know, and we have to remind each other of that because our training is not to let them speak, not to let them say their side of the story. So we are um, teaming up with that. So as you are deciding with your new spouse or the spouse that you're bringing children into the relationship with, you have to ask them, are you going to let our children speak? Are you going to let them explain themselves? Are you going to yell? Have we agreed not to ever curse at our children? Are we going to spank our children? If we do, what does that look like? Because I don't agree with punching children. That is child abuse. If some of you don't know the child abuse laws have changed and you probably need to look them up. Um, because there are certain things you cannot do to children and should not do to children physically that harms them emotionally, mentally, and physically. And then some of this stuff is against the law that a lot of us were raised under is not actually no longer acceptable or legal. And we don't want to get in trouble or our spouse get in trouble by them just losing it on our children or showing their temper on our children. Now the whole family is in an uproar. So some of this stuff we have to discuss just for the protection of the whole family. And you have to protect your children. If you have a spouse where you think they have a temper issue, you are responsible for protecting the children by saying, look, this we won't do. This won't be acceptable. This, let's talk about this now. Because you don't know that until the day you see them disciplining your child or you all's child and you're like, whoa, that was a lot. And it is your responsibility as protector of that child to come to your spouse and say, while I am not against you discipline them, I do think that this was a bit much. Because at the end of the day, you are responsible for, for protecting that child's mental, emotional, and spiritual being. And you don't wanna break them. Because God does not look kindly on those who harm children. He talks about it in his word. He says, it will be better that you wrap a millstone around your neck and jump into the sea than to hurt a child. So we got to be careful and we got to talk to our spouse about letting the Holy Spirit guide us when we are disciplining our children, the way we are loving our children. And the Holy Spirit would do it. There are sometimes the Holy Spirit would say, show grace. And there are times where he'll say, oh, you need to discipline that child because that child is getting rotten. <laughs> that child is uh, undisciplined that child is disobedient there are times the Holy Spirit would tell you exactly what to do so even with your spouse deciding are we gonna pray before we discipline our children are we gonna even pray with our children because that is important part of your parenting philosophy is it should incorporate first of all rearing your children for a love of God because if your spouse doesn't believe that you should talk about God with the children or pray with the children or make them go to church. That's huge. I can't tell you how many couples that are in marriage counseling today, they're upset because their spouse won't go to church and won't take the children to church. Won't pray with the children, don't wanna read any Bible with the children. And that was never a conversation before they got married. 
Because it's one thing for you to say, I can get my spouse saved later on. I don't care about them being saved. You're a Christian now, you're saved, but you want to marry a person that's not saved, doesn't reverence God. That's going to be a problem when you're raising children. Because that person is not going to support your raising the children to love God because they don't. These are important conversations, people. They're important conversations because you may be able to keep your Christendom and be married to somebody unsafe, but that person's influence on your children is going to be huge because if they don't see mom or dad going to church, yeah, you're going, but they see this other adult in their household that's not going, guess what they may not do when they become an adult? They may not go to church. They may not read their Bible. They may not pray, and they may not reverence God. And you gave them an example of another adult living in the house that did not love the Lord. That is an issue. And you have caused this conflict, this, um, this training that goes right against your philosophy. You had a philosophy to reverence God because your parents taught you, but you married somebody that did not. Now the children are in conflict. Be very careful in these relationships when you're considering marriage or blending your families that you all have an agreement about how you're gonna raise God's children because they are God's children before they are ever yours or this new spouse, they belong to God. And you have to have these really important conversations because the conflict will happen. And especially if the children see that you all have two different philosophies, oh, they're gonna work those philosophies for their good. When they want one thing from another parent and you say no, they're gonna go to the other one. Children pick up on that very easily, very young. They're like, this parent will let me do this and this one won't. Well, I'm going to go and ask this one. And now you guys are warring. You have a little person in your house <laughs> causing you to war or a teenager causing you all to have conflict because this teenager, especially if you're in a blended family, was used to your philosophy where you allowed certain things that this new stepmom or stepdad does not. They don't. And they see you all are not on the same page and it's going to cause conflict in the home. So there are some very important questions that you need to ask your spouse, that you need to ask yourself, that you all need to sit down at the table. A lot of you in blended families need to have those children sit down at the table. Once the two of you have decided, bring the children to the table and say, because we are a new family that is blended, this is our philosophy. This is how we're going to raise you all because this is what we're coming with and this is what this person is coming with and these are the rules we're gonna set up for our new household. The children need to be there at the table and hear this. Not that they are a part of the rule setting, but they need to hear that you all are on the same accord and understand this is for our house. Now, when you go well over to your other parent's house, because we're co-parenting some of us, you go over there to that other person's house, that's their rules. But when you come into this house, these are our rules and we need to always keep the health and welfare of those children um, as a priority parents because they didn't ask for these blended families they didn't ask for the spouse you chose that you love but you didn't make sure they were a good mom and dad they didn't ask for it but they are definitely um, a part of it they are definitely going to be affected by your choices they are so i pray tonight that you have got some God-given instruction on creating your parenting philosophy. But remember, if it is rooted in the Lord, if your philosophy is rooted in a desire to please God and to love others the way he commanded us to, 
you can't go wrong on your parenting philosophy. You will be right where you're supposed to be. If you're treating your children the way God treats us, then you should be just fine. God loves us. He grants us grace. Yes, he disciplines us, but he disciplines us to bring us back into good standing with him. If you do this, you will have a great parenting philosophy. We are our children's first image of how God will treat them. So if you're unforgiving, if you're unloving, if you are vindictive or petty or harsh, they will assume that's how the father will be, and he is not. They should have no problem following God because of the way you love them. They're going to say, if my authority under my parents was this good, well, God's must be amazing. That's the message we want to leave with our children. I pray you enjoyed tonight's show. Again, if you want to reach me, you can go to info at tarabody.com. And you can reach me on all the podcast sites or wherever you see me tonight. I am grateful for your support. All right. Take care. Mm-hmm.